This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Well, Deanna, we want to welcome back all the listeners to the analysis today and uh, look forward to our conversation. Everybody's been uh, probably paying attention to the the news about all the Maui wildfires that have taken place and uh, the, the town of Lahaina and all the devastation that's gone on there. We've seen graphic images and video. You've heard all kinds of discussions if you've paid attention to it. And, and I know many people probably have. Uh, it's just a, it's a devastating natural disaster. Um, and the, the devastation is going to grow. We're going to hear more and more bad news out of this in terms of the loss of life, loss of property, destruction. Of course, we're going to hear all kinds of conversation about what could have been done, why didn't the systems work. We're going to hear all that. But we, we uh, in thinking about that, started processing just the value of life and the remembrance of life. There's going to be so many families grieving and, and they're already talking about in a community this size on an island like that, uh, the, the whole area is going to be touched with grief. They're going to know somebody that is never discovered or died in the wildfires or lost all of their business or whatever. And so everybody's, everybody's going to be touched in some way. And so it just reminds us of the value that we have on human life, the importance of people having an opportunity to grieve. And I think that's one of the things that right now they're starting to deal with is we don't know how we're going to discover all the remains of people and how does a family have proper opportunity to grieve the loss of somebody when it's just, well, we don't know what happened. And we never, we never had any, we never had any recovery of a body or we never had any recovery of remains and how difficult that is. And we know people have done that for decades, whether it's mm-hmm. war or other natural disasters. But it's another reminder of how devastating it can be to try to process your grief, try to deal with loss in a situation like this. Yeah, this is going to take a long time for people to work through, not only to process they're th- they're trying to clean up and thinking about rebuilding like there's so many thoughts going on in their mind at one time because so much is happening in the midst of loss and in the midst of trying to make it day to day especially the ones who have lost everything i got a text from a relative that said they had a couple of friends there that had lost everything that they literally were walking out with the shirt on their back. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been devastating to hear this. And it is what you said. It is a reminder that we do value life and that there is something about the relationships with your loved ones. This is not something that happens and we say, okay, well, we move on. But like you mentioned, we have great grief in the midst of this because Mm -hmm we have deep love and deep friendships and uh, those are of so much more value Mm -hmm. than even everything that's been lost because they're thinking oh we can rebuild a hotel 
but we can't regain, you know, the life of the person who was here with us. And it puts a lot of thoughts and and questions to what takes place. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there's a sense in which you want to memorialize the loss of, of a person that you love and you care about. Uh, and and you, want a way, you want a way to mark that moment, mark that experience. Um, the, the death and grieving process is aided by uh, what we've had in the past with funerals, memorial services, uh, that helps that process move forward. In, in these kinds of cases, that'll be very difficult uh, to, to do. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be delayed in many cases, probably. There'll be people that wonder for a long time, waiting to either receive remains or wonder if remains will be found uh, before they can have a proper uh, burial of some kind or memorial of some kind. And so all that grief will be delayed. And it raises the question and discussion of, of kind of how does the culture handle that? Because there's a personal grief we all feel when somebody we lose dies, somebody that we love dies, I mean. Um, there's also a community aspect, a, a corporate aspect to, especially in a situation like that, the whole community will be grieving. All of Hawaii in some sense will grieve. America kind of grieves with them. And, and you feel that sense um, but there's a, there's a draw, there's a desire to do that and to grieve with and grieve for others. And so it raises the question, how do, you, how do we do that? How do we memorialize? How do we remember? And are there proper ways? Are there improper ways? Does the Bible give us direction in how to deal with not grief, but the m- memorializing? And, and really you think in terms of uh, burial, cremation and there's other options now to deal with the remains of those who who pass away or die and so are there proper ways to do that is it is it just open is it free is it free game mm-hmm. is it creativity what 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 controls what you do next um, we know some traditional things that have been done that supposedly were done to help and aid do we fall into the tradition or can we take on a new modern way to do that? Or is it just, well, this is the way I memorialize and I grieve and that's got to be proper and everybody should accept it. How do you handle, how do we handle all that? I think that's the question this is raising for me. Yeah. And I, I think that's such a good question to be asking because sometimes we think about that a little bit too late, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of leave it for our loved ones to mm-hmm. to deal with and to discuss, and they're really not sure even what maybe we were even thinking about that. But it's, it's good to be thinking about, you know, some of the pictures in the Bible that you see, I think are such lovely pictures, but we can't always have those kinds of, of goodbyes like for example when joseph is with his dad you know and then he you know he gets to be with him when he when he passes on to the next life and then it it seems like it's like three months that he has this grieving time Mm -hmm. before he kind of goes back into his regular activities and so you see these pictures of of this idea that we really were meant for a longer period than just this life. Mm-hmm. And so how can we celebrate? How can we encourage? How can we talk about? And and even, 
give the discussion to talking about would a person who maybe does not know Jesus, would this be a good time to be discussing and having the conversation of what do you think the afterlife is about? Like you can get into so many conversations, but thinking about the beauty of memorializing and celebrating and grieving at the same time, I think is, is a balancing act, Mm -hmm. but also one that's, that's very needed. And it seems like we have some pretty good pictures of what it would look like in a tomb or in a cave in the old Testament. And then you see, you know, in the new Testament, but ultimately you see this in the new Testament church, this celebration of the resurrection of life mm-hmm. that is yeah. to come. Yeah. Yeah. There, there seems to be a pointing from the moment of death towards something future and, and, intentional action to say death is an enemy death is what we strive against life is what we look for and long for it it seems like they were trying to create a pattern where that could be reminded to those who are left behind um and uh, i i love the fact that you you bring up some of these old testament images where there's this moment of conversation that can happen you know kind of final words get said uh, the patriarch passing on the blessing to the to the sons are some of those images, and uh, we know that can happen. It does still happen. Uh, uh, there, there's moments like that for families even today, but it's not always possible. It, yeah. it can't always happen. And then, so what do you do? You have you you have in in our own history uh, in America the fact that so many churches would have a graveyard attached. And so um, kind of churches were very involved in, in the moment of death and in the processing of death and in leaving space for people to bury loved ones and uh, honor the life, honor the body, mm-hmm. and yet be reminded of the enemy that death is so many of those graveyards if you look at the tombstones almost always had the skull crossbone image which was they would put that on there it seems morbid you know we would put it on you know a tombstone to sell to not celebrate as i say celebrate halloween i don't know we'd want to celebrate (laughs) halloween but people use that you know and halloween festivity type stuff and oh it's spooky it's death it's they did it intentionally to be reminded that death is the enemy, um, but there's something coming. And the, the placing of the body in the grave uh, where they would be facing east because they were anticipating the coming of the Lord and the resurrection of the future, even the location, direction that the body would be placed had symbolism in there's a future for this person. It didn't end here. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially when you have this memorializing and you have people out together and you have this time where you can, you know, talk about, you know, God gave us life. God created life. And and like you said, we can't all have the same kind of funerals because like the example that we see in Maui, no one knew that these things were going to happen. And they have this, you know, people that 
are experiencing this together so that they can walk together, so they can lean on each other, that they can encourage each other, especially Christians encouraging one another to move forward in those things. But memorializing in the sense of, of, of recognizing that we are in a tent, mm-hmm. you know, for a period of time and in this life, God has allowed us to be in this place. But there's going to be a day when there's going to be, you know, a new body that's given by mm-hmm. God. And so as you're talking about in these burials and and as I've even thought about it myself, I've, I've thought if I had the choice, you know, I, I would want to be buried and look forward to that resurrected life again. And I see these pictures of the Old Testament, the New Testament, mm-hmm. being able to have some sort of celebration in the midst of grief, which seems ironic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you're talking out of two sides of your mouth, or maybe you're just out of your head. Yes. When you attend a Christian funeral, if you're coming as an unbeliever and people start talking about celebrating, and there's there's joy in the midst of the the moment that's supposed to be there for grieving. Um, but that's what we understand. And you, you mentioned this a moment ago. We're meant for more than this life, right? Every human being is going to exist beyond the earthly years. There's an eternal existence. And it's either in the presence of God or it's in the absence of God. But there is, everybody's meant for longer. And, and that's where the Christian joy in the celebration comes from. That there is something that we look forward to beyond this moment of grief. And we ought to grieve, and we ought to grieve hard. It's devastating. It's horrible. Death, death robs us of something precious and something that we love, and it's unnatural. God, God made us for life. He's the God of life, and death is an unnatural thing. Uh, and yet, we have the pattern of the Old Testament and the New Testament, where in those moments where where death has won its temporary victory, there's honoring, there's remembering. There's caring for one another. There's, there's moments of grief about what's going on. And then there is, and you have this in David's response about his own child that died. I'm going to clean up and I'm going to go eat. Mm-hmm. What your child died when he was sick. You, you, you grieve and you mourned. I was waiting and praying for the Lord to say, the Lord has given the answer. And now I trust the Lord and I'll see this child again. And David gets up and eats and goes on. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's that sense of, what what's going to help us do that? Mm-hmm. And in the world today, I, we've talked about this uh, more than one occasion. But one of the things that's changed most in the time I've been doing local church ministry is funerals. Mm-hmm. That process uh, has changed as much as anything in the life of the church. And if you've been a church that have gone has gone, if you've been a person that's gone to church for a number of years. The reality is music styles have changed some. The way people dress have changed some. The arrangement and setup of worship centers, if they build new, they change and look a little bit different. That's changed very little in comparison to how much funerals have changed through the years and the way people approach that moment and what they want and expect. And the big change has been, I think, moving toward the individualized nature this is our loved one, and this is the way we think and the way we do life. And so we want the funeral to reflect that, not necessarily 
the way the church approaches death and life and the future. And so they want to separate it from the church, individualize it to the person, and make it about that rather than about the institution of the church per se. And not all of that is bad, but it sometimes does rob some of the meaning that is intended for the moment. And that includes the choice of burial, cremation, or other options that are out there in the world. Yeah, and as we were talking about earlier, some of the options that you see, like uh, when you see cremation and a spreading of ashes, or you see a planting of trees and you know using the remains as fertilizer and different things like that, which is definitely new within our society. I, I don't recall uh, these things being used a lot. I think when I really started to notice it was stickers on cars. You see a lot of people put, you know, the name of somebody that's passed in their family and, and the dates, life and death dates on, on, their, on their vehicle so that, you know, that's their reminder. Um, uh, tattoos, doing the same thing. Um, I, you see that from time to time. Uh, given the opportunity, I'll usually ask, hey, you've obviously got a tattoo of somebody you cared about. What, what's going on? Tell me their story. Why'd you put that? It's a great opportunity to, you know, because so yeah. often people are, there's built into the American psyche that there's an afterlife that's called heaven. That's mm-hmm. not true in every culture. There's afterlife, right? but it's not always what we think of in terms of a heaven. Angels, God, gold streets, whatever. That's kind of built into American psyche. And, and so they're thinking that way about this loved one, you know, regardless of their religious background at all. Well, they died, so they must be in heaven. They're an angel or they're with God or they're, right? they're, they're in a better place. And it's, it can be a good gospel opportunity to go, Hey, there's one way to heaven. There's one way to experience that. Um, but so I'll, I'll try to take those opportunities. But I started noticing that within the last few years, you can have your ashes turned into stones. Uh, um, An average human um, can, can be turned into about 40 rocks that can be placed in a garden. Wow. Um, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, crazy. You can do the same thing with your pets. You don't get as many stones, but you can mm-hmm. do the same thing. Um, people take ashes and put it in a, in jewelry. Mm-hmm. They'll get crystals, have it put inside a crystal, wear it on their neck, or they'll they'll have it mixed with gold and have something made or whatever so that the ashes are part of the, the piece of jewelry. Lockets, of course, those kinds of things. Um, but a, a way to, this is going to be a remembrance. This is going to be the way. I hang on to this moment, this individual. Growing up, I don't know if your family did this. My family would take us to the graves to visit our our old relatives. You know, so you, yes. you went to the grave site. You looked at the tombstone. Mm-hmm. You talked about Aunt Betty. You know, Great Aunt Betty or whatever. Um, and that was a way. And they wanted to do that. My family was very religious about going to the gravesite on Memorial Day. Uh, and other special holidays within the family and putting flowers on those graves and keeping them fresh. You don't see that as much anymore in our culture. You see much more of the other things. Is all that wrong or bad? I think it's a grappling for remembering the future uh, is really what it's about, remembering the loved one and thinking about the future. Yeah, and I I think that it really expresses the fact that what, what you had mentioned earlier, and that is, you know, there is something within us, right? 
and and God's put this in us, this desire for love, this desire to be uh, ha- have love past this life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We want to be with our loved ones. And it's unlike the Stoics who were like, hey, get detached from your loved ones and you don't want to be too attached to anything in this world and so you need to be ready because they used to you know whisper to their kids at night and say you know you could die and you could die today you know so they they had this stoicism but you know in christianity you see us with the ability to weep with those who weep you see you see jesus you know with martha and mary and you have lazarus who's passed away Mm -hmm. right and he brings him back to life but but the point is is that he's going he's weeping with them and and they're having a burial and they're they're remembering but they're also recognizing you know as they're talking to jesus you can even see that She's one of the sisters is saying to Jesus, you know, I know you can you can resurrect him on the on the day of resurrection. So there's this idea that, you know, the remembrance is for the future. And and we do want to remember here as well that that's not a bad thing ever. I mean, I would want to remember my loved ones. I I do that as well. And, and I think some of the change that we see and what what people that are thinking and writing about the subject are saying is there's a relation between church attendance in America and a growing change in these attitudes. Uh, church attendance in America we know has been on the decline, uh, and and as that gets smaller, there's a growing change about the way you view death and the afterlife and all those things. And I think they're making that relation. Uh, but one of the things that the Maui wildfires brings up is the discussion of cremation because that's such a growing yes. way people are approaching death. Um, some things that I read showed that only 5% of Americans in 1970 uh, used cremation as the way they dealt with the remains of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to currently, 56% of people make that choice, cremation over burial, which it wasn't until 2017 that it even went to be a majority, that cremation became the majority choice. And they're projecting that that's going to be 80% in 2035, that 80% of Americans, when it comes to death, will choose cremation over burial. That's astounding in light of biblical example. And I think you and I would both agree there's not a direct command mm-hmm. you to cremate is a sin. But when you think about the lowering of the church's impact on the culture, is diminishing to the point that it's almost like you don't consider does the Bible encourage or show me a pattern other than cremation that yeah. just it's cheap it's quick and let's do it yeah I I agree with you I think that we see some parallel between the way that we handle death the way that we memorialize the way that we celebrate life in light of the fact that we see this decline in the church. Yeah. And I I think we would want people to just think through, what do I want to do? And Mm -hmm. you said this kind of early on. Maui's not allowing that to happen. And it's kind of a reminder for all of us, maybe we should think about end-of-life issues 
eternity matters for sure. We would want to encourage that. But even in love and care for our loved ones, have we thought through kind of how life's going to end? My own father worked in funeral business at one point and sold pre-need funerals. I mean, he spent his his job going, you need to think about your death. Um, and, and we don't do that a lot. If we do, um, uh, it, it is it is really to, to keep it at arm's length. Um, and so this brings up the discussion. And so I, I would want to encourage people to think about how do you want to handle death? And don't just think about the economics of it. And don't just think about what would be for you the bet you know I, I'm not going to be here so I don't care it doesn't matter to me do whatever you want we <laughs> kind of get that mentality sometimes no think about this in light of some biblical principle and ideology we know Jesus went into the grave he came out with a resurrected body we have a resurrected body coming we know people were burned there's people that die at sea there's people that die in wildfires like Maui there's people that were burned at the stake for their faith we know that happens, so we don't think it undoes what God can recreate. Right, right. At the same time, we have a pattern, we have some principles that we ought to ask some questions and think through before we just make either personal decisions that make us feel better or economic decisions only. And I, But I do think economics sometimes has to have a part. I, so I wouldn't say economics never matters. Yeah. It may have a major impact on what a family can do. And so, again, I don't think there's a biblical command, but I think there's a pattern. And if you can follow the pattern, you ought to try. That, that's where I would land on cremation burial discussions. So, Deanna, it's a difficult subject, but it's an important subject and, and one that is going to be continually raised because... We're going to continue to see death and destruction until God consummates the ages. And so hopefully this conversation helps people personally deal with this, but also process disasters like Maui. So thanks for listening to the analysis.